Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. There is still power in the name of Jesus. Before we get started, we're going to go to the Lord in prayer. Uh, talking to uh, Sister Jessica needs prayer. Didn't even know this was still around, but she has whooping cough. Um, so we're going to pray for her. I think she said the doctor says she was past that contagious part, but she's still suffering from this. I uh, remember Michael. He's His body's in pain. We're going to remember him tonight and uh, many others who, who need prayer. I, I'd like, Sister Lamb, once you come up when we're done. Sister Chris, if you can, come on up. We're going to pray for you. She's got a stubborn kidney stone that just refuses to, to exit. <laughs> so we're going to pray for her. But let's pray. For, and if you have a, a, a spoken need, why don't you just raise your hand right now? God knows. Let's pray for Sister Jessica and Brother Michael right now. Father, in your name, we are believing you today, God, for healing for Sister Jessica here tonight, God, knowing that you are able, Lord. I pray a healing upon her. I pray, God, a virtue would flow through her body right now, God. Lord, that you will just be with her at this time, God. Touch her and heal this body in Jesus' name. Lord, for Michael tonight, Lord, that you would bring healing to his body, God, that you would just touch these nerves, God. Deliver him of pain, God, everything will be worked out, Lord. In the name of Jesus, and I believe you, Father, for all these needs, for every hand that was raised here tonight, God, Lord, that you will just touch in the powerful name of Jesus. I believe you, God. time praise him lord i thank you for healing tonight god thank you jesus that you see thank you god that you still answer praise the lord praise the lord hallelujah amen good to have our wayfaring stranger back coming back from my stomping grounds good good you good you have you back amen i told you some of those places were going to be quite awesome Amen. I, I hope, uh, I probably, do I look older tonight? I think I, I, I think I aged five years today as I was in meetings all day and uh, met with the owners. And I don't know if this is a record for Brower Supply, but it's got to be close. But I, I, I quoted for a job that's going in a university today and my highest quote I've ever done in my life 1.1 million dollars for one for one job and 
Well, we'll see what happens, but I've, I've, I've stepped up into rock star status when it comes to salesmen now. But I tell you what, it's, it's pretty nerve-wracking when you're going through all the, the uh, process. But uh, Yeah, so if I seem a little battle-weary and worn, not only did I have to deal with the owners today, but I had to work on that, and uh, so we'll, we'll see what happens. But uh, uh, God is good. God is truly, truly good. If you have your Bibles, we're going to turn to the book of Exodus. I know we're a little shorthanded. Some are at uh, camp, at uh, Hyphen Camp, and uh, the, the youth camps will be starting next week. And I encourage you, if you've got a night, to head on down there. It's going to be great preaching. Um, always is good preaching at campground. You can't go wrong. Can't go wrong. Exodus chapter number 3, we'll start reading verse 11. And Moses said unto God, who am I that I should go unto Pharaoh and that I should bring forth of the children of Israel out of Egypt? You ever feel that way? Who am I? In this whole spectrum of, of the kingdom, who, who am I, God, that you, you're using me? You chose me to be a pastor. You chose me to, to be this or you chose me to be that. Moses was asking that same question. Who, who am I, God, that you should choose me? And he said, certainly I will be with thee. Thank the Lord for that. And this shall be a token unto thee that I have sent thee. When thou hast brought forth the people out of Egypt, ye shall serve God upon this mountain. And Moses said unto God, behold, when I come unto the children of Israel and say unto them, the God of your fathers has sent me unto you, and they shall say to me, what is his name? And what shall I say unto them? And God said unto Moses, You just say, I am that I am. And he said, Thus shalt thou say unto the children of Israel, I am hath sent me unto you. And God said moreover to Moses, Thus shalt thou say unto the children of Israel, The Lord God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob hath sent me unto you. This is my name forever and this is my memorial unto all generations i want the church to know that the great i am is still just that the great i am i want you to know in this crazy world there is still a great i am that is in charge there is still a great i am that is sitting on the throne so when you're beginning to wonder which way this world is going and yes it's going crazy i want you to know that there's still a god that is overlooking everything and there's still a god that already sees what is going on and he's not surprised by what is happening i want to preach on this thought that he is a becoming god a becoming God, and you may be seated. I've heard this message, and I've heard this, this said before. Have you ever heard this? Oh, that outfit is becoming of you. Now, guys don't say that to one another. At least I pray not. Joe, that outfit is really becoming of you. But I, I've heard that in my, in my saying, and I've heard ladies say this to, to one another. It's so becoming to you. It, it means a flattering. They're flattering your parents. I never ask the question, does this shirt make me look fat? Because I know I'm going to get the answer, or I know I'm going to cause the person to lie. So I don't want, I don't want any of that. 
don't want any of that. But I've heard that expression. It, it, it's, it's a form of flattery. And, and I'm, I, I was studying and, and, and just thinking about some things that, that he is a becoming God. And I say that with all flattery. I say that with all, with all due respect. Because I've heard him described of so many things. I've heard him described as the, the rose of Sharon. Song of Solomon says that he is the fairest of 10,000. That he's altogether lovely is described in Song of Solomon. He's the essence of beauty and the essence of perfection. And we know all these things and we've heard so many things to describe who our God is. In fact, we, we sang about it here tonight. But I want you to know that God, in knowing him and this relationship that we are in with him, and I want to say this and I'll, I need you to understand the, what I'm saying He's a versatile God. And what I mean by that, whatever you need, he will become that. In hiring, and it's getting harder and harder to find good quality help. But we try to find, I try to find somebody that can be what we call the utility player. That's what I was in St. Louis. I was simply hired on at first to be a counter guy, warehouse guy. But they quickly realized I had my CDL. So after following a couple drivers uh, on their routes, they found out that not only were they stopping off at Walmart, stopping off to get a haircut and doing whatever, some were going home for an hour or two, and then finish the route, and then go back to the warehouse just to find out. They get there and say, oh, we didn't have a lunch, so I'm going home early. Or... We get back to the warehouse maybe at 3, they get off at 4. So they just say, well, we're going to sit here and take our lunch from 3 to 4. So they sent detectives to follow them and found out exactly what we're doing. This was two weeks after I was hired on, and I came in in the morning, and next thing I know, they gave me the keys of the truck and says, you know where Illinois is. <laughs> Go. So I found myself in, in the, the truck once more uh, doing deliveries all throughout Illinois and what have you, and worked my way up into inside sales eventually and into uh, outside sales. So uh, Mr. Brower always uh, says that I was the utility guy because I could, I could be in my office, but if they need me at the counter, I'd go do that, or I can go uh, work at a branch and take care of that if somebody's gone. But we look for somebody that's just not one-sided. This is all he does. But we look for somebody that maybe he can work the warehouse. Maybe he can drive a truck. Maybe he can do this or do that and the other. We want somebody that's very versatile and is just not one, uh, one facet, one face. Where this, is, this is all he can do. And there's a lot of guys. We had trouble tractor-trailer drivers because they feel that all they do is drive a truck. So trucks loaded when they get there. They drive to a stop. They don't expect to unload it. That's not my job. I just drive the truck. Well, that's not how Brower Supply works. You deliver material, and if they say, I want you to put everything on each one of these chairs, well, guess what? You're expected to put something on every one of these chairs. Whatever the customer wants, that's what we do. But they think that they have this driver mentality of all I do is drive, and that's it. But that's, that's not how it works. But we want somebody that's very versatile. And my God is very versatile. And I want you to know that our God is very constant. He doesn't change. I know people that have that personality where all it takes is a, 
a few minutes that go by and the personality changes from good to horrible. It goes from zero to 80, just like that. But that's not my God. When you get up in the morning, you may be having a bad morning. He's still there and he's still God. And when you go through your day, no matter how good a day it's going or how bad a day it's going, no matter how you are or how bad you are, my God is still the same. Aren't you thankful for that? I'm very thankful that he never changes in his character. I know that he is honest. I know that he is truthful. And I know that he is loving. And that's his character. And that will never change Monday through Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. That is constant. But there is also something that we have to understand that, that he is very versatile in whatever we need. He can become that. And when I say, Sister Lamb, that he can become your healer, can I say he can become your deliverer? Can I say he can become your prince of peace? Whatever he needs to be, he can become that for you. Because that's his character. That's, that's who he is. He, he's known as the Lion of Judah as well as the Lamb slain for sinners. That's who he is. He, he becomes that. He is the El Shaddai, the God of war. He's also uh, Jehovah Shalom, the God of peace. He is the well of Jacob, but he's also Whatever he needs to be, he blesses and he curses. That's very versatile. And he exalts and he also obeys whatever needs to take place. He gives, but he also takes away. That's our God. But when it comes to describing his name, there's so many that we can sit here all night and give the names of our God. We talked about it. He, he's the Alpha. He's the Omega. He is the, the, the uh, Shalom. He, he's the Prince of Peace. He, he's all of these and, and, and names that just go on and on. But that describes who he is by that name. Not sure what John means. I think I knew it at one time. I hope it doesn't mean idiot. <laughs> but names have meanings. That's why when, when uh, uh, children were born in, in Bible times, that name had a specific meaning. And our God, his names have specific meanings also. But that just doesn't limit him to who he is just because of the name. Because our God is limited. He, he, he's just, it, it's hard to fathom. As much as I love studying space and I love all space exploration, love, love all of the, the late 50s and 60s space programs and the landing on the moon, even though Zachary doesn't believe it, and all, here we are going, now we're taking trips up into space, and who would have thought that? And I'm finding it just, they're finding out that there's, there's greater, vast, that there's, there's other galaxies that are out there as far as our, our telescopes can even reach. And then beyond that, there, there's space and there's, our God feels that. He feels all of that. I think the, the easiest way for my brain to even comprehend when it says that he's from eternity to eternity and he feels all that. He developed time that he stepped into for us. He was there before time even started. And he will be there long after Mr. Time is over. And he feels that. 
our God is limitless. But I've heard it said that God, it seems, is a verb, not a noun, proper or improper. And I started thinking about that, if that is true, because I started thinking, for all you English scholars, steal is a verb, but that's not my God. Kill is a verb, but that's not my God. Destroy is a verb, but that's not my God. To steal, kill, and destroy, that describes the enemy. That describes the enemy, not our friends. So the question remains, Mr. Ryder, if, if God is a verb, then, then which verb would you use? Because God chose a particular verb that he used to identify his versatility. And he used the root word in, in every language to be, the state of being. In fact, he, he looked at himself and he described it this way in, in John chapter 8, verse number 58. Jesus saith unto him, Verily I say unto you, before Abraham was, I am. I like that. Before Abraham was, I am. In other words, he was there from the very beginning. He was the one that spoke those words and the world was created. There, wasn't, um, there might have been a big explosion, but if there was a big explosion, it was because God spoke it and it happened. And maybe that's why he said, Moses, you tell them I am who I am. That's who you tell them that sent you because that means he will be whatever he wants to be. I'll say that again. He will be whoever he wants to be. He's God and he can choose to be the God of peace at this time and he can choose to be the God of war at this time or he can choose to be the God of healing at this time. He will be whoever he wants to be. you look at all the, the there's 300 names in scripture to to describe him but when he chose to become flesh he took all of these beautiful names and took on the name of Jesus the name that scares every devil, the name that brings miracles, the name that brings healings all of those names wrapped up in one name Jesus Revelation says, I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the ending, saith the Lord, which is, which was, and which is to come. So no matter what you're going through, God sees that. Whatever's going to happen at the end, God sees that. He already is, he will be, and he shall be. Whatever he wants to be. So if he's becoming whatever we need him to be, and if we are to be like him, Hello? That's my goal. I don't want to be John Heil. But if I could be more like him, being me doesn't get too far. But if I could be more like him. Then God must want us to become something also. Number one, I want you to walk away from this place. Know that God wants us to be his children. I remember when I was young, 
and dumb. Now I'm just older and kind of dumb. But I looked at some of my church friends and I was a little bit envious because my dad didn't make a whole lot of money. He worked hard for a living. I was taken care of, don't get me wrong. But I looked at some of my friends and the families they had, the parents they had, and I, 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 I feel bad about saying it. I, I wish they were my parents. Just look at everything they get to do. Back in the early 80s, they had the car that I'd never seen before that had automatic wipers. We didn't have that. We had to turn that switch on, off. On, off. I was in the back seat, and I was in amazement. I was watching their hands. I'm like, who's turning this on? She's not reaching down. She's not doing anything. It's just doing it. And all I've ever known was this. They had a button. Wow. I wish I could be his kid. Because look what he does with his son. Look what she does with, with her child. And then I got a little bit older and a little bit wiser. And I'm very proud of who my mom and dad are. I'm very proud of what my, my parents did in helping raise me the best they could. It might not have, we might not have had the brand new cars like they did. We might not have had the designer clothes like they did. But you know what? My mom and dad loved me. And that's far better than having a brand new car. That's far better than having new clothes, just to have a mom or dad look you in the face and say, I love you, son. Priceless. So, Lord, forgive me for ever saying those words. But God wants us to be his children. John 1 says, He came unto his own, and his own received him not. But as many as received him, he gave them power to become the sons of God. And even to them that believe on his name, which were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. When you are born again, you actually become a child of the king. You become a child of God. I want to be a part of that family. I'm not ashamed of who my daddy is. I'm not ashamed of that. I'm proud to be called a child of God. But he wants us to be his children. What the world doesn't understand is how great he's calling and how much he wants them to be a part of this why it just blows me away when I hear people say, well, I got to give all this up if I want to come to your church. You know, I can't go out and party on a Friday night if I come to your church. I, I can't dress like that if I come to your church. So you're going to tell me 
You want to give up an eternity. An eternity of being with God, of, of walking in paradise and, 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 and praising him till, 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 till the end of eternity because you want to dress this way, you want to act this way, you want to party this way. And you feel like you're giving up a little something? Do you not see what you're going to gain? Because you're going to be his child. Oh, church. Yeah, I had to give up some of the worldly stuff, but what I have gained far outseeds everything that I ever had to give up. What I'm about to receive when Jesus calls me back far outseeds anything that I had to give up. But he's calling us to be his children. And can I say this? God does not make junk. Because you see, we were all born sinners. We were born into this world before we could say that first word. We were sinners. We, that was in us. But when we're born again, he recreates us. And he doesn't create junk. So it just, it breaks my heart when I see people who are living for God and who have been in this thing for a while just look at the mirror and think that they are totally useless and that, that they just feel like they are just junk in God's kingdom. God does not make junk. Because when we are born again, we are born into the kingdom and we become one of the sons of him and we are not junk. We are new creation. I haven't seen anything that was brand new that was a piece of junk. In fact, that's what we long for is to have new stuff. You get your pick. Do you want a new car or do you want a junk car? I think that's quite clear. We want to smell that new smell when we can sit in a car. My kids make fun of my buggy because it smells 1970-something. You know those cars, they have that, that certain smell about them when they're from the 70s, and that's what that car smells like. It smells Brady Bunch. That's what it smells like. <laughs> no. I want to open up that car, and even though what you're smelling is all the chemicals that are, that are uh, uh, off-gassing from all the glues and the plastics and the whatever is in that car, that's what you're smelling. But we like that. We like it so much you can go to a car wash, and you could get new car smell freshener. Never smells like it, but you can buy it. No, we want new, and that's what God creates us. A new creation. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things become new. So when you pray through and you repent and God fills you with the Holy Ghost and you're baptized in Jesus' name, you are brand new. And you're created in his image. I heard this. There's a little story of a little girl coming to Sunday school, a little girl. She come home to find her mom in the garden. And the mom doesn't go to church, but she asks the little girl, what would you learn in Sunday school? 
And the little girl says, we learned that Jesus is always watching us. And the mom kind of looked up. What does that make you a little nervous knowing that God is like spying on you all the time? And the little girl said, no, mommy, I, I, I don't think of it that way. I, I, I just think that he loves me so much he can't keep his eyes off me. And that is true. He loves you so much that he keeps his eyes on you. Let me say this. If his eye is on the sparrow and one sparrow falls, he sees that. How much more does he see you and how much more does he love you? So God wants us to become his child. But God wants this church and he wants you to become effective. There's nothing worse than something that you have, something you bought, something you own, that you paid money for, that is totally ineffective, that doesn't work. You ever bought one of those as seen on TVs? You think, oh, this thing's got to be true. This thing's really got to work. My wife fell for that. I, I, I sold it in the yard sale as seen on TV. You can cool one room with this battery-operated fan. You put water in the top of this thing. It runs on like 4D batteries, and it's guaranteed to cool and air condition your room without even running your air conditioner. All it does is make it that more humid in the room. Didn't work one bit, but she bought it so she can just be back there in her office, and she could just use this without having to turn on the air conditioner because she sees the power bills. Buy this, it's $25.99. As seen on TV, I'll get this. It's got to work. Nada. Does it work? But God wants His church to be effective. And what I mean by this, we need to affect those who come in, we need to affect those that we are around, we need to affect one another. Mark 1 17, Jesus said unto them, come after me and I will make you become fishers of men. I've heard and I've given many excuses in my life. So that's why I stop. I don't like excuses. I don't, I don't accept it from myself. I don't accept it from my family and I don't accept it from my employees. I, 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 you know, I didn't have time or I couldn't do this or I didn't understand this. There's no excuse. You didn't understand. Why didn't you ask questions? Because here's how it works in the corporate world where I work. They do something wrong, but guess who gets that call? The yelling goes downhill. It starts up here. It goes to my sales manager, which comes to me, which then goes to my employees. <laughs> because they don't accept any excuses from me. But I've heard people, I, so many, I, 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 I'm not the right person. I can't do that. And, and I just, I, I don't know how to do that. But Jesus told the disciples, I will make you fishers of men. All they understood was how to catch fish. They didn't know how to preach. They didn't know anything about the kingdom of God. 
That's why Jesus took them and taught them and mentored them. Because they didn't understand that, but they understood fishing. So if an ordinary fisherman, now I'm not knocking fishermen. I love to fish myself. I don't have time to fish as much as I want to. And by golly, Allison says we're going fishing Friday night. I love the fish. But I'm not a fisherman. I'm one of those that thinks one bait will catch everything. And I don't feel like changing baits. I like my little fly and I, I, I like my little lure. And boom, I can get bass with it. I can get bluegill with it. But I ain't going to get no catfish with that. I learned that. You're not going to get catfish with that lure. But this is all they knew. But Jesus picked them just ordinary men with nothing special about them maybe they probably didn't have a college degree they didn't have all this education they didn't have all of these things but Jesus says I could use you I could use you but he taught them a, a valuable lesson just when they thought they knew it all Jesus we toiled all night that's why Zachary don't fish. After five minutes, if a fish doesn't hit, he's done. He goes home. I hear a couple amens. Not me and Allison, man. We may not catch a fish over here. We start walking around that lake. We'll try over here. Nothing? Over here? Nope, over here? I walked around that lake in Chinoa four times one time. Didn't catch anything. I believe it. I believe it. Well, Sister Nichols... We had a, we had, remember the fishing competition we had? Here we are, nothing, nothing. Sister Nichols, what's, what's your problem? I think she was just putting them on the hook and throwing them in and acting like she caught the fish. That's what I think. Not a one of us caught a single fish for it. Somehow she caught fish. Again, like I said, leave it to the professionals. Jesus, we, we've done everything we know. We, we, we've cast all night. Well, you're doing it wrong. Cast it on the right side of the boat. Come on, Lord. We, we've done this. We know this. Nevertheless, if that's what you want. And here they can't even, they filled the boat, about tipped the boat over because of all the fish. God wants you to be effective. And sometimes he shows us how to be effective. Teach a Bible study. Tell somebody that there's still a God that can deliver them of those addictions. God wants you to be effective. But God wants a brand new you. He understands that we fail, that we fall. But that's why there's grace and mercy that's flowing from Calvary for us. Every single day, we try our best to be like him. I try my best to have his attitude. I try my very best to have a positive attitude in just about everything. I try. Sometimes it's hard. When you're faced with everything that's going wrong and when you're facing with everything that's negative, it's hard to say, eh, it's going to get better. But I believe with God by my side, it will get better. There's nothing to be negative about. If God is for me, who can be against me? 
So every single day, Lord, wash me and cleanse me and help keep me from falling. Because if and when I do drive that brand new car off that lot, I say if is because I'm enjoying not having a car payment. But who knows? I may wake up tomorrow and say, you know what? A new car smell sounds good. I'm going to buy me a new car. Hmm. Because I do this with my car. I feel bad because I haven't done it in a while. I wash that car. I get out there and the car has, the buggy hasn't been out in the street and I'll be in there waxing. Wax on, wax off. Because I want it to look new. In fact, my wife's birthday, June 17th, I will be driving this thing down to Effingham. They're having a VW Fest down there. It's a two-day affair. And I'm entering this thing in the street show. I'm going to see, I'm going to enter it and see what, I may not win because there's some really cool Volkswagen buses that come down there and all these dune buggies. But you know what? I'm going to polish that thing and make it look brand new. And I'm going to drive it down there and I'm going to have me a good time. I will. You're saying if you get down there. I know what you're thinking. I drove it to Bloomington and back. No problems. It may take me three hours to get down there, but I'll get down there. I'm flying what I think is a 70 miles an hour, and I think that thing's giving it all she has. Cars are flying past me, and I'm like, what is this? And I get up to the construction zone up up north of Lexington on 55, and they, they got that speed, that thing that shows you what your speed look your speed's going yeah I thought I was doing 70 plus it said 64 <laughs> well no wonder everybody's passing me this thing's feeling like I give it all she got 64 it's not even 70 but if you get a brand new car you're gonna treat it like a brand new car no eating fries in my car how many said that only to blow that rule after about a year or so <laughs> vacuuming and where'd that fry come from I want to treat this every day. Lord, clean me up. Clean me up. That attitude rises. That road rage gets the better of me. Lord, you better forgive me and clean me up every single day. You know why we need to be praying that God cleans us up every day? Because we work with filthy people. We have to deal with the filthy world every single day. God wants a new you. Listen to this. There's a couple of, I found this very interesting, a couple of instances in the Bible where the phrase wist not, W-I-S-T, wist not, was found. The first is when Moses returned from the mount of God. And Moses wist not that the glory had shown on his face. And then the second time that phrase, wist not, was used was when Samson's hair was cut. And he wist not that his strength was gone. And I find it interesting that he didn't know that the Lord had departed from him. So we find two instances where Moses didn't even know that there was glory shining on his face. And Samson didn't know that the Lord's anointing had left him. 
And I'm saying that to say that sometimes we are not even aware of our spiritual condition. That we have to pay attention of where we are every single day. Because this relationship, this walk with God, is not a feeling that we get on Sunday morning. I felt those little woos go down my back, so I must be okay. I found people that think they have God's stamp of approval on their life because they're financially blessed. We can't judge how we are based on how fat my wallet is. Because I don't know if Elon Musk is an apostolic or not. I'm having a feeling he's probably not. But his wallet's doing okay. That we have to put a barometer and check that barometer of where we are every single day. Because Jesus said, if, if you get into that lukewarm stage, I'm feeling good. Everything's going good in my life. Everything's working out. I'm blessed. God, I, I gave a million-dollar quote today. But you know, if I get that quote, won't guarantee me any more closer to heaven as if I don't get that quote. But I have to look on the inside. God, am I becoming what you want me to become? Am I becoming more like you? Am, am I getting closer to that cross? Am I getting close to your glory? Or am I just standing here and I wish not that your glory has already departed off my life? I don't want to go a day where God's anointing is not on my life. I don't want to go a day where God's anointing is not on my finances. I don't want to go a day where God's anointing is not on my family. I don't want to go a day where God's anointing is not on my ministry and not on the church. God, I want to be in your anointing every single day. Don't let me get so carried away in all of life's concerns and life's problems that I fail to look at where I am. Help me to become like you. Help me to become God a man of his word. When I first got into sales, your word was meant everything. Your word and the handshake meant it is done. That's not the case anymore. People go against the word. They don't hold the word. Let me tell you, I want to be a man of his word. He's never gone back on his word. And when he said, I promise you, you can guarantee that's a promise that he's going to keep. So tonight as we stand, I want you to look at where you are right now. What do you need to become? What do you need to leave behind? What, do you, what baggage are you carrying around? What, what weights are you, are you dragging? I've heard people say, I hope this gets better. I hope that I can do better. There's a story of a person that was sitting in an airport she saw a man 
coming with two suitcases. Running towards his family. She watched as his man dropped his suitcase and grabbed his beautiful wife and hugged her, kissed her on the cheek, said, baby, I missed you. The bystander walked up to him and said, do you mind if I ask how, how long have you two been apart? And the man said, we've been apart two whole days. <laughs> she was shocked at the way they were acting. Gone two whole days. Thinking he must have been gone for a month the way they were acting. And she said these words, I hope my marriage will be like that someday. The man who was a missionary said these words, don't hope, decide. Don't hope, decide you're going to change that right now. Don't hope for a great marriage. Decide, I'm going to have a great marriage. Don't hope for this, that, or the other. Decide, I'm going to do this today. I hope I can get my life straight. Don't hope. Decide, God, from this day forward, I'm going to do what I can to follow after you. God, from this day forward, I'm going to put you first in every aspect of my life. And God, from this moment, I, I'm deciding I will be a child of God. And from this day forward, God, I'm deciding I will be effective in my ministry. I will be effective in my soul witnessing. I will be effective in my outreach. God, from this day forward, I'm deciding every single day I need to become new. I don't want to become lukewarm. I don't want to become cold. But God, every day, I want to get closer to you. Put your hands in the air. Father, I thank you. Lord, that we can decide right now God, that we were going to be like you. I can decide right now, God, that in all areas of my life, I'm going to be open and honest with you. And I want to be like you. No secrets. Nothing to hide. But God, from this day forward, we will move closer to you. Help us. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Let the church say amen.